My name is Christina, and thank you for checking into the home for Weirwood OCs. This is a podcast where friends and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. Today, our guest is my friend Renee. Renee, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing so well. How are you? I can't complain too much. Uh, my roommate made a very good brunch for us and her visitors, so I am all fueled up and ready to podcast. Well, I pretty much got out of bed specifically for this show because I'm so excited about our topic for today, so... Uh, Which I appreciate very much. That's why I woke up this morning. <laughs> so what is our topic for today, Renee? We're talking about Kingdom Hearts! We are, because this is the first episode of two Kingdom Hearts-themed episodes we're going to have out this month on Wayward, because, uh, I don't know if you heard, but uh, Kingdom Hearts is coming out at the end of the month, and everything is going to blow itself to pieces over enthusiasm for this game, so I thought, why not do some themed programming? Hey, 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 did you know that Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out? (laughs) No, I hadn't heard. (laughs) Oh my gosh, Kingdom Hearts 3 is coming out. It's almost like two of my friends don't have a podcast talking about Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> oh, <laughs> But that's mostly because Jake has to avoid spoilers, and I think at this point he might just need to just, like, bless his computer with holy water to avoid seeing spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I'm nervous about that. I'm not going to play as fast as a lot of people, and so I'm mm-hmm. going to do the best that I can, but, I mean, I'm still not caught up on, on some of the, the older games um, I just recently got uh, the the PlayStation 4 collection of all of them, so I've never mm-hmm. played Birth by Sleep before because I never had access to a PSP, and yeah. like, I, I want to play it. I do. Am I going to have... I'm not going to have time. I know I'm not going to have time, so I've got to figure that out. Like, mm-hmm. what order am I actually going to do this in? I know what happens. How big of a deal are spoilers for me? How fast do I want to hop into KH3? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's very true. If you want to get, like, the gist, I think Got It Memorized is one that I think Riley's Friends, Wheels, and Joe do. And I think they're almost caught up with Kingdom Hearts, because I know Jake and Shannon are taking it 30 minutes at a time, but I think Wheels and Joe are pretty much caught up. I am subscribed to them as well, so... Can do. <laughs> There we go. I've, pro- I've promoted Kingdom Hearts and I've promoted uh, Got It Memorized, so I think we're good to go for promotions. <laughs> well, I mean, they're very topical. Yes, they are very topical in this, the month of Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> so who are we going to be talking about today, besides the fact that we're talking about Kingdom Hearts? Okay, so, well, I mean, I've got... I, I prepared for this moment emotionally. Hit me. But... Saying it is going to be very uh, rough for me. So. This is a trust fall. I'm here to catch you. This is a no shame podcast. Unless you have committed actual crimes, in which case, yes, there will be shame. <laughs> so, uh, 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 Kyrie is my character. Okay, good. Tell me more. Yeah, so I guess I was the most, you know, creative fourth grader because she's not actually like Kyrie at all. But I just really liked the name, mm-hmm. so I couldn't get away from the name, um, and that's that's how she ended up with it. Uh, it was uh, fourth grade, so uh, who knows how old I was at the time. I've not done that math. I should have. I prepped for this recording. Fourth grade, you were probably like ten, like nine or ten or eleven, something like that. Probably like nine or ten or eleven. Let's just say what Christina said. Um, <laughs> and that uh, was, I mean, it was it was a real joy um, because we just like thrived on um, imagination at the time. Uh, whenever we'd go out for recess, we would throw ourselves into this, you know, other world completely in our minds and. At, of course, you know, the grown-up me who is now role-playing at least five times a week and uh, some on, like, professional performance venues, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't realize it was LARPing until, like, this year. <laughs> but, like, that was our early start. That was our, our role-playing. We had these characters that we created and would visit worlds away inspired by the things that we loved. And Kingdom Hearts was one of the, the greatest things uh, that 
really connected myself and uh, my best friend at I, I was going to say at the time, but she's actually still my best friend today. So um, mm-hmm. that has really stuck with us. Good. I had a similar experience in elementary school. Only our thing was that we would uh, was that we would play Pokemon. <laughs> so we would pretend to be the Pokemon <laughs> and stuff and run around the playground. So I feel you hardcore on that. <laughs> so the playground at the the school had like this. Um, it was divided into three areas. The first one was like a pavement with basketball courts and tetherball. The second mm-hmm. part was actually behind the pavement, and it was all gravel and filled with, like, the playground-type equipment. And then over to the right, there was just, like, wooded area. And it was not very long of a wooded area before you, like, hit the fence and you would be leaving the recess area. Mm-hmm. But it was just enough. And that's where you could find me and my friends, Um, we were some of the only people over there, but that was, like, the most fantastical realm of the recess playground, and Mm -hmm. so that's where we always were. Good. I was a little bit concerned that your school had y'all, uh, on gravel instead of at least, like, wood chips, but you know what? Gravel. (laughs) Gravel. Um, I I did sustain a pretty large injury from that, but, you know, it's fine now <laughs> schools man we're not here to talk about my gravel related injuries <laughs> no that i don't know what podcast that would be on but it's not this one <laughs> but yes what adventures did y'all have in these magical woods in your playground i'm well, very invested yeah so we uh first off my best friend joanna uh is still my best friend now. We actually went to IHOP last week and just, like, chatted about totally grown-up things, like lease and couches, buying couches, and her baby that she has now. Um, But then we also spent, like, a great deal of time talking about Kingdom Hearts and, you know, gaming and the things that really brought us together Mm -hmm. 15-odd years ago, um, and that was awesome. Um, so she at the time had a character named Mokul. Okay. And the two traveled together. So, um, we would also occasionally play with my younger brother, who was kind of like our third party member who rounded it out, really. Um, Mm -hmm. but he didn't have a name. Um, well, he did, it was, but it was his name. His character's name was his name. So Jason. Yep. I can stand by that. <laughs> yeah, Jason. So we had Kyrie, Mokul, and Jason. Yep, that's. Uh, I feel like that's in tradition with Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, uh, Jason was not at uh, recess with us at the time, uh, but we would also find time to play week to week when our parents met up for Bible studies. And mm-hmm. so um, we would all run off to the room and, like, come up with the world that we were visiting today, get on our gummy ship and go kind of thing. Um, so we did, I mean, travel a lot, and we went through a number of uh, transformations, definitely visiting uh, Atlantica and transforming into mermaids. Uh, mm-hmm. Joanna drew that out for us because she started out as an artist very early on and has only improved since fourth grade. Um and that was, like, fantastic to see. It was like, oh my gosh, it's us, but with fishtails. And mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. over time, we just collected these, you know, small inside jokes. Like, we would, uh, the food that we eat becoming part of the world. So uh, we, like, when we visited Atlantica, we had all of these, like, cheese balls, you know, like, the the puffs. Yeah. And so we would just, like, eat those, but we were like, well, these would not last underwater. So we just called them fish food, and we had called them fish food for 15 years. It uh, doesn't nice. make a whole ton of sense, but that's where we were at the time, and so that just mm-hmm. was adopted into our reality. And um, on the playground itself, we had uh, bullies that we, we stood up against, um, and so, like they kind of became, like, the villains in our story. The ones Mm -hmm. that we were uh, having to face. 
And so, you know, in reality, they would be somewhere on the playground. And again, the names were thinly veiled. So it was like, it's like we changed like maybe one letter. Um, Did you add an X? I did not add an X at the time because, okay, okay, okay. So (laughs) when we were first playing, we'd only played Kingdom Hearts. Like, this was very early on. So, uh, Renee now definitely would have added an X. Once I, like, knew about the organization and, like, had that that element to the story, oh, for sure, Mm -hmm. yes. But at the time, we, that was, like, what we'd played. And Joanna had a, a guide to the game that I would, like, read to help her through it. Mm-hmm. And then she would play the game, except for when she got two boss battles that she didn't want to do, and then she'd throw the remote to me and let me handle it. Uh, it's like the behemoth, <laughs> especially in Hollow Bastion, was like a no-go for her. I'm not sure why, but she did not like fighting the behemoth, so I mm-hmm. would do it. And uh, we played through the entire game together yeah. uh, when Kingdom Hearts 2 came out. And when, when Chain of Memories came out, it was much harder to play together because it was portable. Yeah. Um, and also, you know, it's a Game Boy Advance. The screen's about, you know, a uh, yay big. Yeah, you can't look over someone's shoulder very well. It's mm-hmm. it's tough to experience that as a group. So we uh, played that one on our own. Um, but uh, she had the PlayStation. So when Kingdom Hearts 2 came out, I found myself over at her house again to sit down and play through all these new worlds and revisiting old worlds with our, our you know, good dear friends. And mm-hmm. each of those would just spark a whole nother world. But, you know, we also visited a number of worlds that we hadn't seen in the games yet. Mm-hmm. So, like, we visited Beast Castle in our imagination yeah. before we saw it actually put in a game. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um. And, and in part because, you know, Beast was there. Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. We loved our Lilo and Stitch world. I would I would be so invested in seeing that in a game. Yes. Like, it was just, it was fun, but we had, like, it was, like, beach life. So a little bit of that Destiny Islands feel, but also with aliens. Mm-hmm. And, uh, <laughs> you know, around that time. Just like that look on your face. You just, like, went, you just went dead straight, like aliens it was awesome it was so cool we had all of these things to contend with and like uh, we loved that we loved it so we had like this the surfing element you know our characters surfing as we were escaping from the the aliens in the sky and like god that would be such a cool mechanic to play with right like every now and then like you play and then you have to like press like the right sequence of buttons to stay on your surfboard <laughs> like that would be so cool yeah, yes, and, like, you know, you have the risk of the the wave falling on you, but also, like, there's mm-hmm. aliens and, and Heartless, like, around you, or an alien-inspired Heartless. Like, there would have been some really awesome <gasps> designs, because some of those Heartless designs are my favorites. Uh, Kyrie did have a pet wyvern at one point, and I'm not sure that you could ever really have a pet Heartless, but hey, I made it work. And mm-hmm. it was, uh, you know, an alternate color scheme to show that this one was a good Heartless. Yes. Um, so it had, like, blues and purples. But gosh, I just thought that the Wyverns were, like, the coolest design ever. Mm-hmm. And so it was totally okay for her to have one and ride one. It was fine. That seems very unbrand for, like, adult Renee. Having a, like, I have to have a pet dragon. I would still do that, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, Lilo and Stitch is just so good. Lilo and Stitch. That was, I think, our favorite one that we um, wanted to see in future games and that we uh, adopted into our own world. Um, mm-hmm. And, of course, we, we brainstormed other ideas as well, but that one was uh, was probably our favorite. Like, what other... What was your favorite of the worlds that y'all went to that was not one that you came up with? Oh, okay. Hmm... Uh, I've mentioned Atlantica already, and while we had a lot of fun there, and our adventures were pretty epic, uh, my favorite, personally, was always Hollow Bastion. Mm-hmm. Out of curiosity, why? I felt like the stakes were always highest there. Mm-hmm. 
So whenever we reach that part in our story, it's because we were getting close to some sort of revolution. Mm-hmm. Um, and so if, it, you know, uh, we, we visited Hollow Bastion a number of times. We visited all the worlds a number of times. We jumped around way more than the, the game itself does mm-hmm. um, for whatever, you know, purpose was. And sometimes it could be, oh, well, we found uh, the bad guy's diary, which technically you do all throughout the game and so it made sense to us and so we we're like found the bad guy's diary and he's totally going to hollow bastion let's go hop in the gummy mm-hmm. ship and go and so uh yeah <laughs> whenever we ended up there it always felt like like we were chasing something that that was thrilling and so we'd end up i think moving a lot more um mm-hmm. running through the trees or around the apartment complex if it was uh, one of the nights where my brother was there and, like, we would run down the halls of this place. I feel so bad now, like, having lived in apartments <laughs> and knowing what it's like to have screaming kids running down the hallway and uh, on the stairs. But, like, that's what we did. And we had so much fun doing it. So no regrets, mm-hmm. yo. Um, yep. But I liked the feel in the game, um, for sure. It always felt, like, mystical and, like, shadowed and uh, eerie. So mm-hmm. when that translated to real life, it always felt like something that provoked adrenaline, that provoked action, that provoked, you know, something satisfying within our reach. But we have mm-hmm. to, like, survive this first. And so that yeah. was our, like, that was a hollow bastion for me. And Joanna did not like it nearly as much as I did. Um, but it it was it was thrilling to me to like imagine this this world this like eerie mm-hmm. and kind of broken and scary around us yeah i can definitely relate to that because that sounds a lot like you know kind of like hey like high stakes combat ever i feel like everyone at this point has had some kind of like whether it's like through an encounter in like a tabletop game or just like playing in a vi- in any video game it's like when you get to like the last like the last third of the game you're like oh you're like oh god everything's happening now but this is it this is it this is it yes yeah it's like and you feel that in your uh your fantasy too mm-hmm. um because like there's a reason why we ended up there um whatever it was whether it was like a clue or whether it was like we saw them or whatever and so in the game, it felt like, you know, the conclusion. You're reaching towards the conclusion. And our our game never concluded. Like, that was part yeah. of the fun, was that it went on and on, and we always had fun with it. The story didn't make a whole ton of sense. It was all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, and every time we, uh, you know, started a new game, we would adopt that world, too. Uh, so definitely, we actually had a world that was uh, Pokemon-themed. Um, but it was in our, like, main Kingdom Hearts game, which we did just call the game. Um, Mm -hmm. so sorry if I made anyone lose that, but, um... (laughs) Throwback to 2008! (laughs) (laughs) You've been winning for a very long time. Sorry, my friends. Um, so it grew to, like, absorb all of these other things we were fans of, and we found that totally permissible because Kingdom Hearts was already this um, beautiful cornucopia of some of our favorite things. Um, Mm -hmm. And so to see that kind of like, you know, our worlds adopted, we just add a world whenever we like added a fandom basically, and then we'd keep traveling. And so I, you know, I wish I could remember the last place that we went and why we went there. Because I think that would be so interesting to know, like, how we ended that recess game. It never had an ending, no conclusion. But what was the yeah. last thing that we did? I have no idea, and I, I kind of wish that I remembered more clearly, because it was such a a central part of my life, I mean, for several years. Yeah. Now, I do have to ask, tell me everything about the Pokemon world. Okay, okay, so, um, yeah. For me, please. Yeah, so when we when we went to the Pokemon world, uh, it was, first off, you encountered your uh, Pokemon companion, and you had, like, the one that would, like, stick with you, and mm-hmm. um, mine was Dragonair. 
Nice. Again, on brand. <laughs> yes, always ha- always has been. It was very Kyrie, too. Uh, mm-hmm. I still feel so bad about that. Don't be! Her name has gone through so many iterations <laughs> since, because she's still an OC of mine. Uh, but I, I knew what I was doing at the time, and I felt consciously bad about it and did it anyway. Um, so, uh, yes, she had a Dragonair. Um, and that was epic because we also got drawings of the Pokemon world, which I loved. Anytime we got, like, a new look for our characters and got new art from Joanna was, like, my favorite thing. Um, and so, uh, once we found our Pokemon companion, we had to take down our rival, who, of course, had already made it to the world before us and had been training their Pokemon longer and... We still had to get them. Always. Uh-huh. We always had to get them. And mm-hmm. so um, so we had to start our Pokemon journey and uh, uh, train with our Pokemon. And, of course, we uh, were very inspired by the original series. So a lot of it was also, like, building a relationship with the Pokemon um, and starting out with a, a rockier foundation. It was, like, they, we didn't just, like, trust each other all the time. But, yeah. I, like, I remember, like sitting in this dirt area in the wooded part of the recess uh, playground and, like, cradling my imaginary Dragonair after a battle. Um, and I I definitely was sad to leave that world because, like, part of us wanted to, like, take everything that we got with us. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was why we ended up going back to world so much was because like, we didn't want to leave the things that we'd gotten there behind. Um, yeah, I get that. I get that. But then also we did kind of know how ridiculous it would be if we had like, uh, a Zoid, we had like organoids from Zoids, uh, standing at our, our left and our Pokemon standing on our right. And also all of our friends from Disney right behind us. Like we, we get it. (laughs) So it, it, consciously we we did, but it was a it was a fun fun world. Mm-hmm. I just love that concept so much. And we got into I think more of the Final Fantasy games because of Kingdom Hearts. Mm-hmm. Um, so we didn't see see those uh, play as much into our game itself, but they did become formative for us, like as people and as creators later in our lives uh, because of that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I feel like that's, I feel like for people who haven't grown up playing like JRPGs, having Kingdom Hearts as like the entry point to Final Fantasy is probably pretty common. Yeah, yeah. Because like, oh hey, I recognize Cloud from this one thing. Maybe I'll go play the game that he's in. Yeah, and now I've played so many of those games, and uh, and they have inspired so many other characters as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I really do think that Kingdom Hearts was my introduction. I might not have discovered them as quickly otherwise. And so I've, I've played a good number of those, not all of them. I have not actually played seven, but mm-hmm. um, four is one of my favorites and will always stick with me. Uh, yeah. And I love that. Yeah, I, I definitely can sympathize with that. I think I, I, the only Kingdom Hearts game um, that I've ever had is Chain of Memories because... I've only ever owned Nintendo systems for video games. So that's the only one I've ever had. I never finished it, but because I liked the way that Kingdom Hearts looked, I bought The World Ends With You at some point. Oh, yeah. I never did a whole lot with that game either, but I bought it because I liked the I liked the way that it looked. I liked that visual look of Kingdom Hearts. Oh, okay. So Sorry, as you were speaking, it's okay. <laughs> I, I remembered this, and I cannot believe that I have not said this until now, because duh, Kyrie was a princess of heart. Yes. I mean, yes. duh. Yes. I mean, duh. Yes. So, uh, she, I mean, we actually, when we started out, like, our original world, um, we didn't start on the Destiny Islands, we started in this, like, um essentially like a kingdom, um, because I built my character like a Disney princess. No shame. Why not? Right? And so, um... If Kingdom Hearts is gonna make the Disney princess a super powerful, why not be a Disney princess? Exactly. Exactly. And so, you know, true to form, because my brother was also my brother in the game, um, he was the the younger prince, and, uh, Mokul was Kairi's best friend, and, Mm -hmm. um, 
they, uh, when their world was thrown into darkness, they, um, Kyrie was given, uh, not Kyrie, uh, sorry, Mokul was given a Keyblade first. Okay. Um, so while we all ended up wielding, like, Keyblades of our own, because, you know, we're all kids and we all wanted the cool key sword. Um, yes. That was, like, Mokul's moment was completely like being chosen by this this epic weapon and like taking down the heartless around her and so Mm -hmm. she got us off of our our uh castle world in the first place um and started us on this this grand epic adventure and um because of that princess Kyrie has gone through many iterations uh in in my head uh since then including like for our first for my first ever uh, nano novel, uh, I revisited it and tried to like write a story inspired around the initial world that they'd started on, mm-hmm. um, because everything got so convoluted from there, and it's so many other IPs that like I could never really <laughs> touch it uh, unless it was for like a pretty epic fan fiction. Um, but for me, I wanted to revisit the game and revisit those characters and like give them a story that I think other people would enjoy hearing and so Mm -hmm. I was also it was my first ever NaNoWriMo so I uh, was just drawing from something that I knew and I knew that game Mm -hmm. I mean I knew those characters and I knew what they would do and like the friendships that they forged over the time even if I don't always remember all the details about like what happened when Mm -hmm. it was it was about who they were to us yeah. It was a totally crap novel. I mean, it was the roughest of rough drafts. It was my first time writing a book, so I'm completely fine with that. It, it was mm-hmm. not not good. Um, four or five years later, uh, I was doing NaNoWriMo again, and yeah. I said, okay, I have, like, I did a little bit more world building that first time. I know a little bit more of what I want to see from these characters. Mm-hmm. So, let me revisit the world and, like, actually put in some of these things that I've learned about writing. Like, actually invest time in the magic system and, a, and in this, like, kingdom that they were from. Mm-hmm. And so it started taking on more of a life of its own and becoming more independent from this other, uh, this world of our, our elementary school experience. Mm-hmm. So, I am much more passionate about that. It's called Alandar, and um, okay, I like the name. Thank you. And I think that if uh, you know, I and I should because I am working on on writing in the twenty nineteen uh, resolutions. I I want to dedicate time to editing some of the projects that I have uh, begun, and that's one that I'm still very passionate about. So. Um, Kyrie became Kari, and it was uh, K apostrophe A R I, so I didn't feel as bad about it. Uh, Mokul stayed the same. Just get that apostrophe shaker in there. I yeah, I I did though. It was like, but it helped me because I was like, okay, now she's distinct. You can't mm-hmm. tell that she's the same princess from fourth grade <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. Um, and so. Uh, Mokul stayed the same. Um, Jason got a, a cool fantasy name, too, so that he's not exactly named for my brother. Oh, and I killed my brother off, like, before the book even started. But I told him that I was doing it, so, like, it was okay, right? And Right? Right? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so all of these things, like, started, uh, coming more clear, uh, over time. And I, I talked to Jason and joanna about it for every like step of the way because i Mm -hmm. i didn't necessarily need their approval but i wanted them to know what i was doing with these characters and with these the the worlds because it was a joint thing um and i've learned so much more about that now as like a role player who has uh uh done group storytelling uh but at the time you know it was like that was new to me that that kind of um Mm -hmm. group effort and so, yeah. 
uh, I, I would touch base with them all the time about like, okay, so here's what happened in this chapter and here's what the three of us did. Um, so Jason was dead, but he was still there. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I really like this story and I think that <laughs> I could see myself revisiting it enough to like really flush it out and hopefully get it published somewhere down the line. Um, mm-hmm. And it... It will not be at all remotely recognizable <laughs> as what it, its first iteration was 15 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. But I will know, and so it will always be sentimental to me, and if anyone ever listens to this podcast later on down the line after the book is published, they will also know. And I may accidentally mm-hmm. drop things on Twitter, I don't know, because like it's <laughs> it's meaningful to me that like something inspired me to create that story, even mm-hmm. if it's so incredibly different now, you can't even tell. Yeah, I know I was talking with uh, Annie after we recorded Kringle Cross, because like, there was a world in uh, there was a world that we went to in Cost where it was based on uh, on an essay by David Sedaris about the tradition of Santa Claus in like weirdly enough like Portugal, <laughs> and none of us knew what she was talking about when we were in the game. And afterwards, I was like, "Okay, what is this?" And it turns out it was based on this whole essay. And she's like, "Just sometimes you got to do things that are in it for you." <laughs> That's so awesome. It really was. It was a little bit concerning when Annie kept describing this particular Santa's helpers as, like, four to six nebulous men. <laughs> and I was like, okay. But, but you know what? Like, after, after learning about her inspiration and listening to the essay, it made a lot more sense. And it, and it only increased my enjoyment of what we had done. Yeah, I, I mean, I think that if, if anyone ever, you know, uh, if I tweet later on down the line that Kingdom Hearts was really the core inspiration for this story, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, all of the other worlds that we lumped into it, uh, I, I feel like I wouldn't be too ashamed of that, because so many people would be able to, like, hop in and, mm-hmm. and relate to that, oh, yeah. too, um, of Kingdom Hearts being some formative media for them. Um, and I mean, I wouldn't be ashamed of it anyway. Again, it's so unrecognizable at this point. <laughs> the reason I say that is because it's like, it, it's not a fan fiction anymore. Mm-hmm. It's so incredibly different. But yeah. that's, I mean, if it were a fan fiction, I would not be able to to publish it in the same same medium. But yeah. um, it it's cool. It's cool because it's something that you can share with so many others who have had similar awesome experiences with a game that they love. Mm-hmm. So, lastly, Kyrie has made an appearance as a D&D character. Yes! Um, her name changed again, and she's changed again a lot because I needed her to fit in a different world, in a different situation. Um, so, she was originally flavored as uh, an Eladrin mystic. Mm-hmm. And I only played her for uh, a couple of, of one-shot games at our local game store, and then, like, the first three games of a friend's campaign when he was starting out, because he felt like he would be more comfortable if I was a player, but I couldn't commit to something week to week, so I promised I would be there for three weeks to kind mm-hmm. of get the campaign off the ground, and I... I used Kyrie as my foundational character for that. Um, now, her name uh, is spelled C-A-E-R-I. Mm-hmm. And it's short for uh, Kyrenia. Okay. And also, you know, like, three other elven names, because that was, you know, that is who she is. Yeah. Um, and so... That version of Kyrie is uh, spelled differently, so you know it's different. Um, yep. And she has actually come back. I have uh, kind of revitalized her and reworked her character again another time yeah. for an upcoming Secret Project podcast um, with a couple of, of dear friends of mine. And she has become, uh, she's still in a Eladrin, uh, very like high magic because a lot of, of what the world that uh, our characters originally hailed from was very, like, 
high magic and it affected like who they were and how they appeared. Um, And so she's still very high magic. It's very integral to who she is, but uh, she's also a lore wizard now. Okay. Uh, A lore master wizard, I believe is the the subclass and it is uh, unearthed arcana dungeons and dragons. So like there are some pretty, uh, trippy things in the, what the class can do because it's not very well refined. Um, yeah. But uh, we all kind of looked at it and made some some personal revisions to where we felt it would be comfortable for the game we were playing where mm-hmm. I will not take advantage of anything that's in there for storytelling reasons and they feel comfortable that, like, she's reasonably on par with everybody else in mm-hmm. the campaign. Um, yeah. And so we did a little bit of homebrewing to kind of uh, stitch it all together, and she is um, earning a life of her own. She's different enough from even the character in the novel who still has the same core inspiration, but Mm -hmm. is very distinct now. Um, Yeah. But she's, like, still that same root that has grown into these two different branches, and so she's... Mm-hmm. Very different, and I'm learning about her character as we go, too, um, because I don't want to draw just from the original iteration or from any of the other iterations. She's her own person and informed by her own experiences, and the more I get to play her, the more I'm learning about her, and mm-hmm. the more I'm getting to see how she'll react to certain situations. Um, and so I'm I'm excited to see, like, what... Uh, what she becomes, who she becomes down the line. Because, again, it'll be something that started mm-hmm. so early on for me that ended yeah. up with this completely different story that still means a lot to me. And I, I'm curious about what's ahead for her. Mm-hmm. I like how you've made just, like, almost a literal, like, family tree from this one character that you made in elementary school and then, like, everything is just, like, branching off into these cool iterations of the character with like like you said like the same core the same root but it's like it's just all these cool different versions of it i it's it's a lot of fun um the next iteration will probably have uh spelled with two k's and three i's because each naming gets a little bit different um Mm -hmm. but i i don't see any reason why it'll stop because she was uh enough of uh figure uh, in my you know mm-hmm. beginner writer creative mind yeah. uh, that she I think will will make many appearances down the lines I would not be surprised to see her as an NPC at any given point in any given game I would mm-hmm. not be surprised to see her make jumps from like D&D to other systems so um, mm-hmm. you never know oh my god you know it would be perfect for that what spelljammer Yes! Oh my gosh, I've heard so much about Spelljammer and I need to actually play it. Mm-hmm. It's so good. But I mean, Spelljammer is literally like world-traversing D&D. That would be so awesome! It's Kingdom Hearts, but for D&D. I would love that, and uh, she would love that. Like, I think there would be... Uh, because, of course, she's she's her own person. Yes. No questions. Um, mm-hmm. She would love that. I think that she would really thrive in that kind of setting, and it'd be interesting to see, again, because, like, she was informed by a very high magic, kind of fantastical setting, um, Mm -hmm. and then a bunch of Disney characters. Yeah. Um, And I think that seeing what she could become in a more, like, space-oriented setting with world hopping, I would be... Uh, and now, of course, that I'm I'm an adult as well, because that is something that is is different, too. I, I have a different way of developing characters and spending time with them and telling their stories. So, Mm -hmm. uh, you've just given me some good, good (laughs) inspiration. I try. I try. (laughs) I need to run a space game anyway. It's perfect. It's perfect. There you go. I do have two questions about Kyrie. Yes. First off is the ever important, what did her Keyblade look like? Okay, so it looked like Oathkeeper. Okay. Um, it was, a uh, very different too, um, but we, uh, our, our art skills were not, like, the greatest at the time. They've improved over time. And so, uh, Oathkeeper was, like, our, our base for Kyrie's Keyblade. And mm-hmm. it was, 
uh, more purples and like brighter blues involved. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's kind of funny to me because I love like the look of Oathkeeper and I actually have um, a number of uh, Keyblade keychains on my car keys now. Uh, Nice, nice. One car key and four Keyblade (laughs) keychains. And Oathkeeper is one of them, but I never really played with Oathkeeper in the games because, like, you only you only go like forty five minutes before you get a new Keyblade. If you're playing slowly, like like I do, and then you have a better Keyblade. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, I I loved the the aesthetic of it and I think that's what it was now. I think mm-hmm. if I revisited the character and redesigned some uh some key elements and I did this a little bit when we went to the retroverse in Fate and the Fable Maidens because yes. my character did have a key sword which is part of the canon of the game. Um mm-hmm. and so her key sword was uh different and had developed a lot since and that character's name was Mal and she was kind of a you know, a cross between a Power Ranger and a Zoids character and a Kingdom Hearts character mm-hmm. and um, yes. also a skeleton. So mm-hmm. pretty much like cramming together a lot of things that I loved. And I did yep. give some serious thought to, to what her key sword, quote unquote, looked like. And so I think that if uh, I re- were to revisit Kyrie's Keyblade, it would have changed a lot, especially as more Keyblades have been introduced into the game, and we've seen like more progressive designs from them. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, I would be really interested to kind of sit down and doodle a design of like what it would look like now. Mm-hmm. Now that I have more art skills and I've seen more from the games, and yeah. I could actually like play with some really great elements about her specifically. Mm-hmm. Not just using a keyblade, but actually using elements of her character to inform what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Before I go into the last question, was there anything else that you wanted to talk about with Kyrie? Oh gosh, I'm really glad that I remembered she was a princess of heart because, like, I was thinking about that like last night as I was going to sleep. <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, and I have to talk about how she's a princess of heart. Um, but then I like forgot until halfway through the session today, and I'm not sure if it's because I woke up for this podcast or what, but like. <laughs> Golly gee, I almost, like, overlooked that. (laughs) You know, I would say that um, I mentioned I'm very excited to see where their stories go. Um, And I would say that, yes, Kyrie is a huge part of that. But also, I'm excited to see what happens with uh, Mokul's story um, and with Jason's story. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think his name became, like, Jalar or something I'd have to I'd have to check um (laughs) but it was like you know I they all had characters too and I I know that like Jason and Joanna remember them fondly but they've actually stuck with me for quite some time and I'm excited to tell their stories in the future as well so I think that um yes absolutely you'll see Kyrie popping up in some NPC role later on down the line. But you might also see Mokul, or you might also see a renamed and rebranded version of my brother's character. (laughs) Um, Because they were part of the story. They were part of Kairi. Like, they were her team. They were her best friends. She didn't go anywhere without them. And if she did, she often felt helpless and Mm -hmm. uh, overwhelmed by the heartless and um, you know, bad things happen when she wasn't with her party and with her team. Yeah. And, um... Because you don't split the party. Don't split the party! Gosh, re- fourth grade Renee. <laughs> um, and so I want to see what happens with all of their stories over time because they were a team, they were friends, mm-hmm. and they were formative. Yeah. For me. All right, then your last question is, why do you love Kyrie so much? Gosh, uh, <laughs> I think for one thing, she was the first real, like, self-insert OC I created. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the primary thing, because, of course, I had other um, characters that I created for the different stories. I created, um, my mom found one about uh, that I'd written when I was, like, 
three or four about a jellyfish. Um, and I spelled jellyfish like I L L I F S H. And so it was really Uh messed up, but like, um, you know, that jellyfish, a a great original character, but had nothing to do with like (laughs) me personally, um, wanting to be a part of something created. And so Kyrie was uh, the first time that really like, I found something and several things really because of the worlds that we added to the game as time went on, um, that I loved so much that I wanted to be a part of it and experience it. Mm-hmm. And that's how we got started with this game from Kingdom Hearts, how we added in Pokemon and Zoids, because we wanted to be there and we wanted to be surrounded by these these awesome things that we saw on our, our televisions mm-hmm. and our in our games and in our books. And so it became something that I could experience, too, by creating this character. And so Kyrie lived that. Kyrie mm-hmm. lived those exciting moments and Kyrie lived... Um, uh, so many more moments since as time has gone on mm-hmm. and that is one of the reasons I think she means the most to me yeah. um but I also love her because she embraces the parts of me that like um I sometimes get flack for or sometimes need to work on but she like owns them like her stubbornness which I know is one thing that I have a lot of um, but, like, for her, it was always a strong and empowering character thing. For me, I yeah. have to, like, be careful of when it is a strong and empowering character <laughs> thing and when it's just obnoxious <laughs> for people. But, like, um, but there were so many fierce moments that I saw from her but back 15 years ago and, you know, more recently in writing or in playing different iterations of her in, in D&D. And so I think she was... Uh, the finest of what I am. And it focuses on, each iteration has focused on like different uh, elements and different traits, but um, Mm -hmm. she still has moments that I respect because um, they're some of of the better parts of me. I appreciate that a lot. (laughs) It's important to be able to look back like that on like, your 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 original characters that you made when you were little, like, you know what? Like these are still good. They're still good. They're still good. I I think honestly, I I meant and I'm ashamed of the naming choice because I knew what I was doing. But other than that, I'm not ashamed of who Kyrie was. I mean, she was cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was fun to see her. Like when she got a haircut, I remember getting like a drawing from like she had like the long blonde hair and a long blonde ponytail. And then uh, at one point, they visited a world and she got a haircut. And, like, mm-hmm. I, Joanna also drew art of that because Mokul got a matching haircut because they were those cute best friends. Mm-hmm. And, like, being able to, like, see that, it was like, and, like, oh, my gosh, my character got haircut. <laughs> Look at her owning her life and, like, being the strong princess of heart with her keyblade and her, her dragonair and her best friends by her side. Oh, I love that. <laughs> It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun to look back on, and it's a lot of fun to, Mm -hmm. like, still hold dear. Thinking of you wherever you are. (laughs) And then we're just gonna get real sad, so we should stop before we get sad about Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) Sorry, yeah, it's okay. I do it all the time. It's okay. Anytime a new trailer has come out for Kingdom Hearts 3, I get sad about it all over again. In a good way. Maybe I should stream Kingdom Hearts 2. Huh. I'd watch it. We'll figure it out. <laughs> mm-hmm. First off, thank you so much, Renee, for coming on. I have in- I have so enjoyed hearing all about Kyrie and all of their and all of her adventures with her and Mokul and Jason and Fantasy Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fe- gonna feel real bad. I wrote an entire book with a character with like a different name, and I don't remember <laughs> it. So I just I'm I'm sorry to Fantasy Jason. For not remembering your name. You know who he is. You just don't remember what his name is. You know who he is, and that's the important part. I do. I'm actually pulling the novel up on my computer right now so that I can check it at some point in these credits. (laughs) Okay. um, I usually do, like, the guest credit first, so... Where can people find you on the internet where you want to be found? Because I know you have things you want to promote. 
Oh, yes, absolutely. Hi, I am Renee Rhodes. Uh, I can be found at R on Twitter. That's R-A-E-D-E-A-N-N-E-R or at RayDeanne.com. And uh, I am the DM for a podcast called Fate and the Fable Maidens, uh, which I love very dearly. It is a family-friendly, all-women, actual play D&D podcast that can be found at FateFMCast across social media or at FateFMCast.com. Uh, I'm also streaming a lot. You can find me on Nerd Immersion, uh, Encounter Roleplay, and Scraticus Academy playing a bunch of different TTRPGs, and I'm launching my own Twitch channel soon. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a freelance writer as well uh, and do social media, so if anyone is ever interested, especially gaming is one of my passions, but I do uh, social media and writing for all number of clients. So um, if anyone is interested... You know where to find me. <laughs> oh, and my fantasy brother's name was KF. KF? KF. How do you spell that? C apostrophe A E F. Okay. <laughs> I think it will probably change in another iteration because I don't particularly love it. Yeah. But uh it that's what I that's what I I needed something to like be a placeholder. Mm-hmm. And it worked. Yeah. And that's why I forgot it. So it's forgettable. It, it needs to change. <laughs> we're going to change it, but we're going to come up with something better, and I won't be able to do that probably by the time the credits end. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, I guess then it's time for me to go into my ending spiel. The Home for Widow Seas is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. It can be found on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Stitcher. Our theme song is Violet by Pottington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. New episodes come out on the second and fourth Mondays of the month. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be found on Twitter at WaywardOCPod or through the WaywardOCPod hashtag. You can also email us at WaywardOCPod at gmail.com. And we do have the next few episodes scheduled out, uh, but if you or someone you know might be interested in being on the show, uh, drop us a line, send us a tweet, and we can hopefully get something scheduled out. Uh, and as with all podcasts, it is always super helpful if you can subscribe to us and rate us on your listening platform of choice, because that helps us to find a wider audience and to brighten more people's days. So, thank you all for listening. This has been Home for Widow Seas, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. I think we're gonna go with uh, some combination of of gel R, so I think it'll be uh, JL. JL sounds nice. Cool. Or JL. Cool. JL. We we got it. <laughs> we did. Success. The end. Goodbye.